0: Are you ready? 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 Let's go! Don't you sometimes just want to talk about everything? You know, there's days when you can just talk, 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 about anything need to sit back and chat about nothing at all nothing but julie coming at you with fun and creative topics and interviews did you hear julie's podcast she's got the greatest topic come join the chat about everything anything and nothing so unwind and tune in to nothing but julie great topics and cool interviews with some pretty awesome people and now without further delay here's nothing but julie Well hello everybody thank you so much for joining me I am your host Julie Schrager with the podcast nothing but Julie I hope that everyone out there in podcast listening land is doing great I am doing very well uh you know we just had a three-day weekend and uh we gave thanks to uh our veterans our amazing amazing veterans um for Memorial Day, and uh, we are almost on the tip of official summer, which is coming this month. It is June 1st, so happy June. I am in the state of Florida, and it is ridiculously hot. It's been crazy hot all of May, Um, but the upside of that is that it's been really beautiful at night. So, it's kind of right now, you know, can't really do much during the day, even though I still try. Uh, the humidity is sickening, but um, it is now officially the start of hurricane season, so, uh, you know, we had to get our hurricane haircut, and by that I mean we uh, cut down, you know, all the palm trees and, and other <clears throat> trees that need to be cut so... Uh, they don't get uprooted or die or get cracked in half. And, you know, just getting getting ready for the hurricane season, which I am hoping is quiet. Even though, yet again, I have heard this is going to be a very disruptive um, hurricane season. But they say that all the time and then it's nothing. I'm hoping that it's nothing uh, with the year that we've had. But let's just keep our fingers crossed. But anyway, you know... I have a fun, serious, whimsical kind of a topic. I I started thinking about this particular topic because of something that happened to me over the weekend and started making me think about illusions, like life illusions. And are there certain things about our lives that are illusions that we've maybe grown up with you know, throughout our lives that we don't realize are really illusions, those that probably are keeping us from maybe happiness or success and I kind of touched on this subject uh, a short while ago um, in one of my other podcasts about you know what is it in in your life that could possibly be you know holding you back in your life and I did more research on that and came to the conclusion that it's not just us. It could also be what we've been brought up with in our lives, such as these illusions of grandeur and what things, oh, what things can we... uh, Learn from and what things really, truly are illusions. I mean, they're right smack in the middle of our face, like as plain as the nose on our face. These illusions that make us hold back, and I couldn't figure out, you know, what is it? Is is there one thing? And then I kind of fell onto this topic about illusions because they they kind of give us a, a like a, a a hold or a pause. Um, it it kind of protects us in a way against doing something um, that could be intimidating Um, and they're not always something that you can see these illusions but they do exist kind of in our subconscious and they can kind of twist inside our brain to make us feel um uncertain uh not compelled to continue with something and and avoidance you know until these illusions dissipate but sometimes the illusions don't because it's something that we've grown up with our whole lives and so it kind of made me think oh my god there's more than just like what is it about our psyche that propels us into being the people that we are today well certainly it's how we were raised it's part of our DNA it's what we've seen what we've been taught and sometimes you just are so hell-bent on those things you don't realize what you're doing and there are these illusions of life that are never going to go away until you actually realize that they really are just that illusions and How can you see beyond these illusions? What is the best way to see beyond these illusions? And these illusions of life can take over. And I am here to tell you that there is a way to (laughs) figure out that you're actually living in illusion or there's part of your life that's living in illusion and that's why you know we always come up with these these um excuses and there are some really great excuses that we can all uh come up with as to not doing things that we really want to do because sometimes we just don't want to know the truth. Sometimes when you hear the truth, it can hurt so deep that you rather not hear about it. And and I would rather hear the truth <clears throat> and then deal with my emotions and my feelings afterwards than be living a lie. And so it's with that That I'm going to discuss uh, being able to see past these illusions. And and seeing what the truth really is that awaits you. And I am actually on a website that's called babamail.com. So thank you, thank you to this website. Because it really is a a wonderful website um, to help you kind of search and see. But... I did a lot of research and I came up with a lot of different answers. So it's not just this website. It's it's quite a few, but but I, I'm mostly pertaining to this website because I feel that it has the most insight into these illusions of life. Um, so let's just get started with the, the feeling of not having enough time to do the things you want to do. Now, l- let me just say, Although I am utilizing this website, I am also giving my own, you know, information. And one of those things I want to discuss is we all have that feeling of not having enough time. It's kind of in the basic everyday thing. Oh, I texted you. Did you get my text two days ago? Oh, I did. I've been so busy. Eh, Bullshit. I am calling bullshit on that. And why? You always have time. You see... You don't have to be a really good time manager to fit things in. It's just that you don't want to. And that is that is the very simplified answer. If you're getting a phone call or a text and you're avoiding it, it's because of just that. You're avoiding it. What are your reasons for avoidance? You just not like that person? Uh, Is that person annoying to you? Are you trying to find a way out of the relationship? But instead of doing... The right thing, you create these illusions of not having enough time and then you start believing your own bullshit. I've always had enough time in my life to do the things that I haven't done or things that I've said I can't do and it's just an excuse to not do the things that you really can do it's just such a great illusion because it really makes us believe yeah, the, don't worry I'll, I'll have time later in life I'll, I'll find the time later in life but right now I don't have, have that time it's because this illusion makes time almost relative like having one or two free hours a day can seem as though You have time to do everything you want to. But to someone else, it could seem like time to devote to what is important to that person. For example, if I have one hour, I might devote that time to returning emails, texts, phone calls, uh, making appointments, so on and so forth. Someone else might utilize that time as a way to literally just hide themselves from the world and, uh, you know, kind of um, uh, burrow themselves for that hour. It's how you look at it. It's all an illusion. It's all an illusion. See, the secret to understand what is truly important to yourself and what's not is and how to actually put that in your routine each day it's, it's extremely important to understand what's important to you and what's not. You can sit and watch a, a series on Netflix with uh, your significant other, your spouse, your sister, your brother, your mother, whatever, versus going on to Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok. It's a question of what your priorities are. And if someone who texted you two days ago that's literally been waiting for you to answer them that can take less than 10 seconds is not a priority to you, okay? But that's the illusion because it makes us believe that eventually we'll have time later in life. Oh, I'll get in touch with them later. Oh, I'll get in touch with them later. But you don't. It's because time is relative. And again, having some time each day can seem as though you don't have time to do anything to someone else. But if you take that time to devote to things that are a priority, and maybe some that might not be, then it's not an illusion anymore. Sometimes you have to create space in your life to do the things you really don't want to do. But continuing on, this is a good one. It's about taking shortcuts in life. Look, if I'm going for a jog for a run or a walk and I'm really tired, eh, maybe I'll take a shortcut. It's always possible to do that. But the thing of it is this concept doesn't exist. At least not if you want to have a fulfilling life. You have goals in your life and each goal is a milestone each goal you reach becomes a milestone. That's why they call it a goal. And whatever that goal is, you are leading towards that goal, towards that milestone, and whatever it is that you've decided to make a goal. And the thing of it is, is only if you go through each of these goals, okay, listen to this, it's very important. Only if you go through each of these goals will your life go as planned. If you turn around or you take a shortcut, then that's not how your life is going to be planned. Your life is going to go according to a plan. It's it's important that you enjoy the journey towards that goal. Enjoy it. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in hating things, which I do. When it comes to exercise, I hate it hate it there's no one person in this world that can ever convince me to enjoy working out i hate it but i have a goal and my goal is weight loss and health not in that order health and weight loss but because i have this goal in mind I have to try and still enjoy my journey to get me there. Do I enjoy it? No, I hate it. But I do look forward to the results. And that's why I try to enjoy it as best I can. Even if it's a very small achievement, instead of looking at it as this is such a waste or I don't need to be doing this. In fact, it actually helps me to reach my goal more satisfying. So let's say I'm going to do burpees for the day. Part of, part of my workout for the day is burpees. It's not just burpees, but it's part of it. And all I'm doing is obsessing about the burpees, burpees, burpees. I hate them. I hate how I feel. I hate how my heart palpitates and da, 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 da. And how I can't breathe and all that other crap. And what do I wind up doing? Skipping it. Because I don't look forward to it. Instead of prioritizing what the end goal is and the journey. So I have to say to myself, yeah, I might not like this, but I do know that it's really going to help me achieve my ultimate goal. And instead of doing it, you know, fully, 100%, the way burpees are supposed to be done, we talk about the shortcuts before. But I don't consider the word modifying my workout to be a shortcut. I'm older. I'm 52 and well, I'm not old, but I'm older 52. And at this stage of my life, I don't care about doing anything that's high intensity. I love high intensity interval workouts, but most of it is more low intensity, meaning I still get the benefits, but I'm not that hard on my joints. So I might not jump up and down with the burpees um, you know, like I might go down and, and do like the push up thing and then go up and jump, but the jump might not be as high as I would want to just because of my joints. Okay. So that to me is more of a modification than a journey, but that makes me want to reach my goals. And it makes me, makes me feel so much more satisfied that I did it. And sometimes if you do take the longer route rather than using a shortcut, It can help you to prosper and grow, and it can even help develop you in a way to reach your goal in the best way possible. You can look back and say, oh God, that was really tough. But you know what? I did it. I conquered it. And now, today or the next day, I have to conquer something else, which I'm not thrilled about doing, but I know I've done it. I know I can do it. I know I'm not going to die. I know I'm going to be okay. I'm going to do it. Because I know that this is going to help me reach my goal. Period. Another illusion in our life. And this is extremely important. Just in general. A huge illusion is thinking that you actually have control over your life. Now we live in a world where things can be out of our control. Um, And... I think that it's important that we all realize that there's always going to be things out of our control. It is extremely hard for me, type A personality, to even say this. And let me let you know that it literally was the hardest thing in my life to be a part of a world that I can't control because, and I don't like the term control freak. Not a freak, but I do like to have control. And when I had my son, I realized at that point that there was only so much I was going to be able to control with him. And when you become a mom, and when you become a mom full time, and you leave your work, which I did, your child, your children become your life. And you are the number one person. Keeping them alive, feeding them, playing with them, changing them, bathing them, making sure they don't get hurt. And then the one thing that they don't tell you is that they grow up and all the things that you help them with and that you taught them, they're now going to utilize to help them with their lives. But you don't think about that at the time. All you think about is, oh my God, there goes my son who I just taught how to ride a bicycle, two wheels. And there he goes off on his own down the street to his friend's house. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. He's not home with me where I can see him, where I can manage him. All of a sudden, step one, you have just lost control over the ability to know what is going on with your son every second because he's now at a friend's house. And then you start losing more control little by little by little, and it makes you realize, <coughs> excuse me that all this time, all you've been doing is building yourself up only to wind up losing control it's it's a It's like God is going ha ha ha, I'm going to give you all the tools you need in your life." To be in control and then I'm going to snatch them away from you. Little by little, year after year after year after year, until you don't have any more control. And it's a real shitty thing to do to someone, especially someone who was already born with needing control. So to learn that that's been an illusion, having control over my life, was very frightening for me. Who wants to hear that you have no control over anything in your life? I mean, the only thing you really have control over are your thoughts. That's really it. No matter how much you think you have control over certain things, you don't. And those thoughts, though, can make you look at things in a positive or a negative way. It's like um, uh, your phone having access to the internet. But your phone doesn't control the whole network. You can only see what is put on the internet. You don't have control of finding all the information you want to find in this virtual space. Right? So everything that happens around us is out of our control. And... There are certain things you can control, like what are you looking for in a certain space or or how you respond to the things you see or you've been told about, but not anything that happens at any one moment. And sometimes when you hear someone say this, that you do not have any control over your life, it's been an illusion, all of a sudden it's like, what? Of course I do. And then you start realizing, oh my God, I don't. And the fact that you have had control overthinking that you've had control is even harder to grasp. Let's also talk about this. I like this one, which is waiting for happiness from an external factor. Hmm. Wow, that's a mouthful. So we exist primarily, uh, the things that we exist for and with, they are primarily kind of uh, set in a space in our mind. And, and everything that changes is usually due to how we react to the things that are happening and things that are around us. But many people believe that something is going to take place like in, in, in an outside world that can affect our feelings um, for the better. But that's not how happiness works. Um, you can be happy, but happiness is temporary. You can be thrilled and ecstatic and overjoyed and celebratory over something. Um, but if you don't know how to manage those feelings, if you don't know how to really have insight as to what you can do to hold on to those feelings, then whatever it is that's making you happy can maybe become a heavier burden that can be a source of suffering. You know, like, for example, if, if and this is a great example in here, it says if you win the lottery, I mean, that's really great, but it can also become a burden, which can be a source of suffering. And you feel you'll fear you will fear being robbed or maybe losing all the money so this each situation can bring with it positive and negative thoughts and you have to decide or we have to decide if we want to be happy in order to be happy does that make sense you want to be happy In order to be happy. And the thing of it is, it it will come as long as you decide that you want it. If you want to be happy, you will be happy. If you don't take the thought process into consideration about how you can be happy and you simply say, because I want to be, well, then you'll make it happen. But the fact that you're waiting for happiness to come from an external factor, that's the illusion. You need to be happy internally and not wait for outside forces to make you happy you understand that that makes a little bit of sense it's not there's not any one thing that's just going to bring you full-time happiness it's a temporary happiness but if you can figure out how to stay happy in your life without expecting things to make you happy well then guess what you've just squashed that illusion my sister uh is 13 months older than me she doesn't have a lot of money. I always say that my sister is the happiest, poorest person I've ever known. Now, I don't want to question the, the word poorest. She does not have a lot of money. She has not had a lot of money her, her whole life. It's been a struggle with her. Um, and she's doing better now, but, you know, it's still been a struggle. But she was always happy. And all that did was squash the theory that people who don't have a lot of money are not happy. It's actually the people who have more money that are not happy. She proved to me that happiness is not about money. Happiness is what you want it to be. And she managed to live a very happy life and still does because that's what she wants to be. Instead of letting things get under her skin that she did not have a lot of control over. You know, these outside factors could have affected her in a negative way. But, you know, she definitely had good times and bad times. I'm not going to take that away from her. But what I'm going to tell you is she still managed to stay happy. And she didn't wait for an external force to make her happy. She pretty much relied on herself. And this is a very important illusion as well. Attempting to control other people. Now, I learned this the hard way. I have known people in my life that I have tried to make a certain way, and I'm probably saying this the wrong way, but to control them in a way where I could be happy. And I know it sounds like, Julie, what are you talking about? Let let me explain this a little bit better. Um, there have been times where I have wanted to make, let's say, a friend become a better friend to me I felt that I was always the better friend and and this person or these people were not and so I did everything I could to become someone to help them become a better friend and then realizing I couldn't control them I couldn't control their psyche and realized that if they were not going to be the friend that I felt I needed from them then I would either accept them for what they could give me or I would move on. But that took some time. I think that we never figure out this life. Uh, That's one of the biggest delusions. We're all going to die not understanding how this life is supposed to be. No one tells us what to do or how to do it or how to live. And and the psyche, the human psyche, is, is afraid of change. Um... We don't like it. No matter how much you say you do, sometimes you just like that comfort feeling. Because regular routines keep us confident. You know, it, it prevents us from thinking that bad things are going to happen. And even if we don't have the best situation, if we're able to manage it, keep it under a, a nice manage, management point of view so far, I will probably be able to manage going forward. So, you know, who wants change to disrupt the flow. And when you try to change other people who have become uh, uh, accustomed to a particular behavior or a particular routine, then you're going to get resistance on their part because it's a, it's an unconscious um, behavior. They don't realize they're doing it. They may not, they may know that They have to change, but it's not easy from a mental point of view to even start thinking about the process of changing. And then I I realized that I in the fact that I was trying to change or apply some kind of a change, it just wasn't going to work there was it was not going to work for me or for that person and it, i had to come to the realization of that at some point that i am the one who needed to work on not changing people because that change applied to the to my values not to that person's values and Understanding that you can't change others, but you can change the way you see them was an epiphany for me. And, you know, sometimes you don't realize these things. Sometimes it's hard to conjure up the things that I'm saying. It takes time. But I came to the realization that once I started to really look at this person instead of wanting to change them, once I started understanding that I can see them in a different way other than how I want them to be was life-changing. I began to understand their motives um, and why they did the things they did. And there would be times when I would have a conversation and talk about some of the things that kind of irk me and the question was can they change the way they treat me or do I have to change my perspective and sometimes if you change your perspective you can see a change when they're not even changing it's because you changed your perspective so the change the real change would take place in me or you But sometimes that doesn't work because sometimes even if you change your perspective into saying, okay, this is why this person acts this way. I understand it now. Let me change my view, my perspective on how I see it. Sometimes it doesn't work because it bothers you even more knowing why they treat you the way they do. And that is the illusion. The illusion of trying to control other people. Once you come to the realization that you can 't change people um, even if you 've tried to have conversations or understanding um, sometimes that 's the illusion you just can't do it and and sometimes it 's hard to accept it, but once you do, you realize what you really are looking for in in a relationship. During COVID, many, many, many of us that were in lockdown, quarantine, or I should just say lockdown, or both, lost jobs or uh, lost the amount of time we were working or had to come up with different ways of making money or things to keep us busy, depending on how old you are or what kind of job you had. And The one thing I kept waiting for was inspiration or or some kind of energy, and it never came. And I have found that most people that have become, well, let's say TikTok famous or during COVID came up with some really great resources or really fun things that just exploded and made them money or made them popular, it wasn't because of an inspiration Um, It was another source. And that's why I started my podcast. I realized that it was a huge illusion waiting, waiting to be inspired. It was like what I was saying before about the external um, forces that if you are waiting for an external factor to make you happy, it's never going to happen. Well, that's the same thing with inspiration. Sometimes it just doesn't come to you. What if you are waiting and waiting for that right moment? You know, being inspired to, you know, write a novel or a biography or exercise, like I said before. Yet you're waiting for, again, this external factor or motivation. And then it just becomes a vicious cycle because you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting for something that will never happen. You might think that, oh, I got inspired by this and I got inspired by that. It's really not that. It just happens to be at the right time at the right place or the right place at the right time. See, when, it, when you have external elements that, that you're waiting for, you're waiting for these external elements and they never show up because they can only come through Something that begins with you, that's why I'm saying you might see it as, oh my God, I got inspired by watching you know the guy at the at the pizzeria you know making making um dough, and I realized maybe I could come up with a great gluten free dough. Well, guess what it wasn't the pizza person that was a inspiration, it was you who went to go get the pizza. Even though you want to believe that you got inspired, which is true, you do get inspired, but it's not the inspiration that made you think of it. It was you getting up, going out, and getting the pizza. It's all an illusion if you think that waiting for inspiration is the reason why you started to do something. It's like if you're a writer and you want to write a novel. The process of writing... The process is what inspires the writer, not the topic, not what they saw, like exercising is what provides motivation, right? So if you've done these things in the past, you probably know that the feelings that come with them um, makes you more alert and energetic, right? It's not... The inspiration itself. It's the, the act, the um, <clears throat> idea of what you're going to do. The idea of writing a book is what inspires you. It's not what has given you the idea that inspires you. Because if you wait for an extor- external source to arrive, it won't. It's the change in the way you feel. That begins only within you, not waiting for that external force. So it's all a myth and it's all an illusion. If, you're, if you think that inspiration is um, your source of what got you to where you want to be, it's really you. That got you to where you want to be. And another thing that's a huge illusion that I think that many of us haven't realized is if you believe that you have failed at something and that's it, it's final, I failed. That is a very huge illusion. Let me explain there are some things that only exist in this world if you actually believe that they exist. If you believe that failure is something that exists, then it's only going to exist if you want to achieve something and can't achieve it. But the definition is what's dependent on how we relate to it. So failure isn't necessarily a bad thing at all. I actually think it's, it's like a dead end in a maze. But if you navigate a maze and hit a lot of dead ends, eventually what's going to happen? You're going to start mapping this maze out in your head and you're going to have a better understanding of where you stand and how you can get out. So every failure you experience can tell you about something in your path that's not right you see so you have to take a step back and correct it you take that step back to correct the wor- the failure and I don't even like that word but we'll use it you're going to have to figure out what it is that you've done okay bad example, but I'm going to put it there. So I started playing pickleball a few months ago and I started to get very frustrated and aggravated the other day. I went out to play something called skinny singles and it's basically two people playing pickleball, but the rules are very different than tennis because I used to be an avid tennis player and well, not used to be, I still am. I just haven't played in a few years. Anyway, long story short, I was so pissed off because I could not place the ball where I wanted to place it after all the years of lessons and playing tennis. I went out there cocky and you know just acting like i mean I mean it kicked this woman's ass well guess what she wound up kicking my ass. I could not place that ball in the spot that I wanted to, like I can in tennis. And all I kept thinking to myself is, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And I decided, instead of getting so hard on, being so hard on myself, I need to figure out what have I done wrong? What mistakes have I made? And how can I correct them? So I said to her, look, I can't squash this ball on your side of the court. And she is an amazing squasher, (laughs) So she said, let me throw some of the balls to you and see maybe what you're doing wrong. Well, we discovered that I was under the ball. Not only was I under the ball, but every time I went to squash it, it would hit the net on my side. So how can I squash it? Well, I said, okay, let me see you. Let me throw the ball to you a few times. And I noticed how she was hitting the ball was very different than me. And I was like, huh. Could it just be that simple? So she threw a few balls over me, in, but I got behind the ball instead of under it, and I hit the ball the way she positioned her racket, and all of a sudden, the balls started going over. Now, were they hard and tense, um, you know, squashed balls? No. But the point is is they went over the net in the spot I wanted them to go in, and in time I'll be able to add more pressure to it. But the point I'm trying to make is that I started believing that I was becoming a failure at this game. And should I just walk away? But I was determined to backtrack and figure out what I was doing wrong and to correct it. And that is why it's an illusion if you believe that failure is final. It's an illusion correcting the mistakes, backtracking, going back to the path that you had once taken and realizing that maybe this is the wrong path. Huh. That is how you can correct yourself from being a, quote, failure. Again, I don't love that word. Every failure that you're experiencing tells you about uh, a stage or something in your path that's just not right. Take a step back and correct it. Life itself I consider to be a huge maze. And we can allow our failures to hurt our sense of success or correct it. Because they are going to help us reach it as long as we learn from them. We teach it to our children. Learn from your mistakes. But yet, as adults, we forget about it. So that's why failure is not an option. All right? And I don't mean it like failure is not an option. I don't fail. No, I mean that it is okay to fail. It's the illusion of believing that it's final is where we're wrong. I don't believe if I'm failing at something, it's final. I believe that I can always correct a mistake and try and make it as right as I can. And that leads me into feeling as though you are not good enough to succeed. Oh, this one makes me crazy. Another illusion. Psychologists um, say that these feelings that we're not good enough for someone or something is is the basis of all of our fears. Like, why do we fear death? Because we don't know if we're going to be satisfied with our lives when that moment comes and and what about the death of our loved ones i mean we have fear that we're not going to be able to cope it's the fear that blindsides us and and those are extreme examples of of fears that exist in people's lives but it it happens also with any other fear and and there is a test that can help you know whether you'll be able to deal with you know, a situation well or not. And it's just asking yourself if you are already in a situation that you think you can't handle. And if you answer yes, then that means you can get through it. See, you're asking yourself, are you in a situation that you think you can't handle? Now, again, let's not do that whole controlling thing. Well, I can control everything. No, be real. There have been times where I know that I've been in a situation that I just don't think I can handle. You're never going to be able to carry more than you can hold. Because if you already are carrying this sense of fear, you already have this sense of fear, and you want to relieve yourself, then you've got to do only one thing. There's only one option, and that's to give up that fear. I mean, you might need to lean on others, but... You have to look at friends and family as, as life's toolbox. And it makes you capable of dealing with everything in the right way. So the illusion that you are not good enough to succeed is just that. It's an illusion. Utilize the tools in your toolbox to make you realize that life is mostly fear inside of you and what can we do to subside that fear what can you do if you know that there are things you just can't handle You have the first step is acknowledging that you can't handle it and then working on how you can handle that fear and again don't forget no one gives you any more than you can carry to me I really believe that The majority of life is an illusion and it's how we deal with these illusions that can allow us to live a healthy life. Thanks guys so much for joining me. I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. Don't take it all too seriously. Just live your life the best way you can and come to the conclusion that it's okay to allow yourself to be human. If you guys wanna um, take a look at my social media, I am on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at nothing but Julie, and also take a look at my blog. If you have any questions or you wanna learn more, just go to my Instagram account and click the link in the bio. Happy Hump Day, everybody!